Sign up for the nation news at ronanddonradio.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode number 280 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Lush Rump Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we are going to talk about that short sleep gene. That's right. We talked about sleep before. Is there really a short sleep gene? There is. I think I have it. Also, if you uh, have ever thought about staying at an air. Airbnb, and I have several of these. Uh, look out for the Airbnb investigation team, the Airbnb police, and the Airbnb uh, cleanup crew. Talk about that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Reading a story this week about 19 celebrities, including people like Shaquille O'Neal, who thought it was very, very important to go back and get their college education. Uh, you see, a lot of sports guys do this. They leave college early to go make the money because it's like, hey, you know what? I'm one fracture. I'm one blowout away from not being able to play in the NFL. So when the NFL calls and I get drafted and I get some guaranteed money, I'm going to go get that guaranteed money. I'll be out of the NFL if I have – if you have a phenomenal career in the NFL, you're still done by the age of 29 and 30. And now what we see some athletes doing is pivoting back and going, I'm going to go finish my degree. I have – Great respect for that. Although Bill Gates of the world, even though he's been given honorary degrees all over the world, going back to school and finishing that degree because he dropped out when he was 19, hasn't proven to be that important to him. Even though he reads about five books a week, I try to read one book a month. And it's a Bill Gates book. And I still haven't got through it. And I bought this book back in 2011. That's how difficult the books are that he reads. What are your thoughts on finishing school? I also think about this because I have a little one and I want to see him go to school. Uh, What are your thoughts about being a good example in finishing? Um, I think, boy, it's very, this is a complicated question because it depends on how you want to look at it. So if you just look at statistics by and large for American young people, Over your lifetime, statistically, it is true that you generate more income and therefore more life satisfaction, presumably, if you get a college degree. They say about $800,000 to a million dollars for men. It's significantly less for women. And that's if you average everybody. So we're talking everybody, all 300 and some million Americans, and you you do the averages. So if you read that, you're like, well, it's a no-brainer. You should go to college. However, in an individual case, I don't, I think it matters less and less now, except for very specific professions. If you are a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're an engineer, if you're an architect, like there are specific jobs where a nurse, you absolutely have to have uh, the degree. There's a lot of jobs though, that you can get a high income and you don't need a degree like real estate agent. You can make good money doing that. Uh, you can be a programmer. You could be, you've talked about a lot. You could be in the trades. There's a, a guy right down the street from your house where we're sitting right now in the Les Schwab studios that has a construction company. 
they are books all they have like nine guys that work for him there's trucks all over the street so that guy i'm assuming if he's running his business decent is making good money i know people have plumbing companies uh that make tremendous income each year so if it's just about money if you have a certain skill set you can make good money um the thing that i think about is what are you learning I wish I had my college degree. I don't. I looked into getting it. I talked to the admissions department at University of Washington, and they would require me to basically pay tuition for another year and a half, even though I need like one quarter of credit hours to actually graduate. And so it just it wasn't worth it to me. And the irony is I've been a guest speaker at the University of Washington. So supposedly on several different topics. So supposedly I have enough expertise in the world to teach college students, and yet uh, because I didn't jump through the correct hoops, I don't have the expertise to get that piece of paper. So uh, I don't know what point I'm making there, but like you would think, um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a frustrating deal. I don't think you need it unless you need it. Yeah, and, and, and here's the message. I... I uh... I agree that every. I think I agree that everything you just said, and and I'll I'll extend that here a little bit. When when I was going to college, and I was lucky enough, well, not lucky enough. I worked for it. I was I was on a full ride scholarship when I, when I went to college, and and I remember having some ideas of some things I wanted to do, especially in broadcasting, but not knowing how to get there, and not knowing how to do it. And so I st- started studying some of the great broadcasters, and many of the broadcasters just went into broadcasting. Uh, they didn't go to college for that. Uh, they didn't go to the Edward R. Murrow School uh, over in, in Washington State. And what's kind of interesting, as we got into broadcasting, a lot of the people that had broadcasting degrees ended up being board ops, not hosts. A lot of them ended up cutting tape back in the day when you would cut tape, or some of them would end up working in production. Or some of them would end up working on the sales side. But most of the people I know that were big-time personalities or still are big-time personalities certainly don't have a degree in journalism or in broadcasting. And most of them don't have a degree, period. I I remember being told when I went to see my counselor when when I, I was in college, and they would just say, you know what, just take some classes and, and just kind of see what you like. And, and, and for a lot of families now, because college is so important, and I was lucky enough where I could do that, because again, I, I, I had a scholarship. Lucky enough. Lucky and, and I earned it. I have to, I'm learning about this in counseling. <laughs> so, so with that said, when you, when you look at the amount of debt that people carry with them through a lifetime because of their college degree, especially teachers that have to go back sometimes to get their, their master's if they want to get paid a little more, Sometimes the pay doesn't offset. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. So I think we have to be really careful as we see now just a nationwide shortage of people that have worked in the trades. Uh, many of my nephews are now, uh, one, one just became a lineman. Uh, he's a lineman for the county, just like uh, Glenn Campbell sang about back in the day. He's a lineman. He gets paid an incredible amount of money. And at the same time, he has to drive all over the South uh, this time of year when it's hurricane season and tornadoes and, and everything else. Uh, but he says it, 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 it's really amazing how many job opportunities there are and the reason he has to go to state to state because there's not enough linemen. 
uh, state to state to state. Right now, there's a nationwide shortage of truck drivers. And you remember that commercial. There's a nationwide shortage. It's true. And it's one of the reasons why the supply chain is so broken. And everything you're trying to get right now that's not coming in the mail or not showing up or it's been delayed. Sometimes it's because the gear's not there. Sometimes the gear's stuck out on a boat somewhere. Or sometimes the gear is stuck in a warehouse somewhere and they just don't have a truck to truck drive it. So I, I, I really think, I really think that, that and my son and I even have these conversations now, not so much about what you want to do when you grow up, but what's your bliss? What are the things that, that you're interested in? Because he's not a ball kid. He's not a soccer kid. He's not a baseball kid. He's not a football. Anything with a ball, that, that's not him. But, but as I talked before, he likes playing trumpet. We're sitting in a room right now where he has his boxing goes. He likes boxing. Uh, I've also shared uh, on some podcasts that he's working on becoming a diver, a certified diver. In fact, by the time you hear this, he should be... Uh, a certified diver, diver at the age eleven. See, I think someone like that. If you said, let's just say a college costs twenty grand a year, which is on average. If you went to an, a high school graduate and you said, for the next four years, good luck finding college that costs twenty grand a year. What is by it going to thirty by, grand a year? By the way, let's Easily, say sure. thirty grand a year. Easily. Yeah. So if I went to an eighteen-year-old and I said, for the next four years, you're not call. I don't. You don't want to go to college. I don't want to waste money. I'm going to give you thirty grand. Per year in seed money. Well, plus they have to live. To- they, plus they have to live. So add another thirty. So let's go sixty. Well, I'm just let's just say thirty. So let's go a quarter of a million dollars easily. Easily. Okay. I, I, I talked to my partner about this the other day. His kids are going to state schools, and at the end of the day, because they don't work, and he has to buy housing and food and everything else for them, it's easily fifty to sixty thousand dollars. Okay, so let's say fifty grand a year. So go to this kid and say, I'm going to see. You're going to make a company. I'm going to give you fifty grand a year in capital over the next four years to try and make this company go. Why are you going to do that? Because the stuff that kid would learn is worth to me more than any college education you could get short of the ones we already discussed. What about, Hey, because they're going to have to make go a business start a, plan. Go start a company. I'm going to do nothing. Good luck. I think you'd learn more. Yeah. I mean, if you were already, you might, but you have a less chance to succeed. So I'm going to give you 50 grand a year starting at age 18 to to do a company. That's nuts. Why would that be nuts? Because now you're in control of your kid because now you're controlling the purse strings and and you're and you're saying you have to start a company. Why don't you give him 50 grand a year and say, have a great life for four years? Yeah, maybe. Maybe This was your idea. I'm going down the rabbit hole. I'm saying maybe the 50 grand a year is a bad idea. For an 18 year old, it's really bad. If you say go start a company. And work from 18 to 22 at a company that you care about, that you created, even if it fails. At the end of those four years, that kid has learned more about life than any kid that's graduated from college that didn't do that. You made a business plan. You operated in the real world. You tried to create something. You were out there on the hustle. It's not the real world, though, because your daddy gave you 50 grand. That's not real. That is not real. It's, it's not real. It's, it's more- fake. I don't think it. I think I don't think it is fake news, fake business plan. We'll see you on the other side of this. It's fake. Hey, it's running down here for Les Schwab, and right now you can save up to a hundred and seventy dollars when you bundle select tires, brakes, and shocks. Uh, we love family road trips. I'm on the road a lot this summer, and you're probably getting back on the road. Kids are getting out of school, and like Les Schwab, my family safety is my number one first priority. So right now you can save up to one hundred and seventy dollars when you bundle select tires, brakes, and shocks. Save thirty dollars more using your Les Schwab credit account. Limited time offer while supplies last. 
Purchase four qualifying Continental tires for a rebate of $70. Cannot combine with other offers? Subject to credit approval. See additional terms and conditions at leschwab.com slash sale and continentaltire.com slash offers. Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing matters. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat, sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50,000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're gonna wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a hundred thousand over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asks me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team and that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to 280. As you just heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, and we are having lots of fun this year. Buying, selling, remodeling, we're doing it all, and uh, we're here to help. So reach out, reach out to Ron, ron at windermere.com. We'll send you a buyer's playbook or a seller's playbook. And uh, now back to the program. Can you give me 50 grand a year? <laughs> Come on, I was trying to do a pregnant pause here so we can oh, get back no, to the sorry, program. <laughs> Airbnb, I own a couple of these. I'm about to bring a couple more online. And uh, I was unaware, even though I've been a super host for a number of years now, uh, that there's an Airbnb police. What's going on here? There's a blockbuster story out right now that is pretty alarming, and I'm trying to put it into context. I, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, this story, and I believe it's in the Atlantic. Uh, someone could correct me, text me if I'm wrong on that. And the story opens with a, uh, a very popular Airbnb in New York City a couple years ago. And there is a, a woman from Australia that is is leasing this out and and the way that it worked for this particular airbnb is that um it's in downtown manhattan the host left the keys to the airbnb at the bodega on the bottom floor 
And so the Airbnb guests, and I don't know if they paid them or how this all worked out, the Airbnb guests were instructed on their listing to go into the bodega and then they, the the cashier would give them the keys. They would go in uh, to the unit upstairs. And so that's what this Australian person did. This woman uh, goes in, gets the keys, goes upstairs. Unbeknownst to her, someone had made a duplicate copy of the key. And so upon entry, I believe the second time she went in, she goes, she goes in the first time, checks things out. They pick out the rooms, etc. Later, she comes in. There was a man waiting for her that had a key to the place. He subsequently puts a knife to her neck, takes her in the room, and, and he rapes this woman. So um, she's able, he takes her phone, takes the knife, takes the keys. He leaves. She's able to get a hold of her friends through her iPad. They call the police. Uh, the police come in, do an investigation, the whole nine. He comes back to the apartment and they end up arresting this guy. And so what this story says is that Airbnb basically sweeps in there. They descend onto this place because it's going to be a high profile story. And they kind of start to pay off. Uh, maybe pay off is a strong word. They start to pay money to the Australian woman. They fly her mother in. They pay for her medical bills. They pay for her counseling sessions. They pay for them first class to go back to her home in Australia. So they're basically cleaning up this situation that has happened. And the story is making it, framing it up that Airbnb has a vested interest in squashing these stories. And their entire business model is built on strangers, trusting strangers. And if you undermine that, you undermine the entire foundation of Airbnb. Then the other thing as I look at is if you took all the hotel rooms available in this world, is there going to be crimes that happen in those rooms? Of course, you're going to probably have ODs, might even have murders, might have uh, sex crimes like we just talked about. If you just look at all the, there's probably that's happening in hotel rooms right now in Seattle, let alone nationwide or worldwide. Um, I don't know. What do you, this story is, it's very interesting though. Well, I think this happens more often than we think. And I, and I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. They, they have a vested interest in squashing these stories and taking care of people. And hopefully they don't make headlines. Here's a story that didn't make a headline. You never saw it in the Seattle times and maybe it should have, uh, I have a partner and I won't say which part I have different partners in different businesses and I have different Airbnb partners. And this partner has an Airbnb that I'm, I'm not a partner in, but he calls me one day and he's like, uh, Hey, um, I got a guy that just rented out one of his ginormous homes that typically 12, 14, 15, 16 people would stay in. This guy checked in. He was supposed to check out, never checked out. His cleaning crew went over there and the cleaning crew said they went down the basement and it looked like all hell broke loose in the basement. Also, there was a very large duffel bag. And in this large duffel bag uh, was white powder. Uh, it wasn't gym shorts. Uh, it wasn't boxing gloves. It wasn't climbing gear because he came to Seattle to go climbing. Um, I said, yeah, I think, I think you should probably call the police on this one. So he ended up calling the police. The police came. And this guy was in town doing one of the biggest drug deals uh, that the Seattle Police Department has ever seen. 
and he was cutting the drugs. He had big duffel bags. They found, I think they found five of these. Five duffel bags that were just full, full, not only of heroin, methamphetamine, uh, tens of thousands of, of, of pills, all kinds of stuff this guy had. And anyway, he got in trouble, and he was in jail at the time that all this went down. And then the police came back. They found these duffel bags because he had he had been busted and caught for possession, but they didn't realize what he was really possessing. And so this happened in an Airbnb. You know, the guy had been there for about a week. It looked like he was going to be there for a week more. And it's pretty smart, right? Like if he wouldn't have got pulled over and caught for possession, he would have been able to pull that off, and we would have never known that that those things had happened. Uh, one of my Airbnbs one night. I, I got a phone call from a panicked mother, and she said that, hey, the uh, boyfriend, this, this boyfriend of this girlfriend had showed up at the Airbnb, and all hell was breaking loose. And I'm like, well, you know what? Uh, you should call the police. And then I went over uh, to see what was going on. And actually, the boyfriend and the girlfriend were together, and the mother didn't want them together. So she had made this call to me, to the police, to Airbnb, to everybody. And so it was actually the mother who was in a bit of trouble here, not the young lady who I think was 23. And she has every right to stay at an Airbnb. And if she wants, she has every right to see whoever she wants to see. And evidently, this was an ex-boyfriend that the mother didn't like. So Airbnb so- is saying, though, we're trying to do the right thing. And so by paying, sweeping in... And being, in a sense, covering any expenses, whether it's hospital visits or airline tickets or counseling or whatever, we're just doing the right thing. And other people are going to feel it seems like you're trying to buy these people's silence. Um, no, Airbnb doesn't those- buy. They, you know, they are doing the right thing. And I don't think Airbnb can control people's silence, for instance. So like in, like in the case of the duffel bag with the Seattle Police Department, it was my partner that decided that they didn't want to call. You know, They just said, hey, if, if the Seattle Police want to call a news crew, because uh, it eventually came out, it dribbled out in the paper, uh, but not the exact story that I just shared with you. Uh, and they, they, they were in a, in a place where they just kind of wanted to get on with their lives and continue to rent out this home. And they didn't want the home tainted as a result of this big, big drug deal that was going down Seattle police department. So I think Airbnb is trying to do the right thing. I, I don't think they're big enough though, to control whether these stories get out uh, in the media or not. I'll give, I'll, I'll give you the final say. And, and the, and these things do happen. So, so make sure I'll just, if, if you're standing at Airbnb and they give you the code or they give you the key, you know, ask them how many other people have this code and key and a good operator is changing that code all the time. But sometimes you can get a little lazy and maybe the same people have the, have the, let's, let's say that somebody stayed at your Airbnb two months ago and now they have access to the lockbox. What keeps them from coming back two months later and either ripping you off or doing something nefarious to another guest? So that to me is the loophole. Airbnb doesn't ask that question and they should, they should really force operators to say, Hey, what kind of security things are you doing because you're either using a lockbox or you're using a nest you're using something uh i use coded keypads that i can change and i do i change them all the time so what are you doing to make sure that other guests 
don't have access or previous guests don't have access uh, to the people that are currently staying there. I think that, um, I guess my final word on that, and I've stayed in Airbnbs, I don't have near the experience that you have, but I don't ever recall in my checkout process through the app, did you feel safe here? Is this host doing things uh, along these safety protocols? Um, that sort of thing on the exit interview. Like sometimes they'll ask you if it was clean or did you get one to five stars? Do you want to write a review? I don't recall ever being asked if it was safe, if you um, felt like they the, this host went out of their way to make sure you were secure, That those sort of questions. And I think maybe that should be a metric they measure on. If you're a host and you're not making your clients feel safe, then you don't get to be on the Airbnb platform. All right, we'll see you on the other side of this. Hi everyone, my name is Therese and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you're ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, uh, welcome back to episode uh, 280 of the Ron and Don Show. Want to do a couple follow-up stories here. We've been talking a lot about sleep and the fact that people have some people have short sleep cycles, some are longer I've always had a pretty short sleep cycle. And, 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 and so we've heard this thing that if you don't sleep eight or nine hours a day, or like my son who sleeps 12, uh, that's, a, you know, that's like having a heart attack. Uh, it's one of the worst things that you can do to yourself to not have proper sleep. And then the question becomes, what is proper sleep? It's kind of interesting. They've been doing a lot of studying in a lot of sleep labs, and they're finding out that there really is something genetically in some of us called a short sleep gene. Uh, They looked at families and they studied families. In fact, they studied this Mormon family. And half the family, half the family, and we're talking kids, grandpas, everything, they all live in this house together. There's like 16 of them. Half the family gets up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning every day, and they don't feel groggy. Some Some of these are like kids that are, you know, 13, 14 years old. And then there's another part of the family on mom's side, and, 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 and they sleep seven, eight, nine hours a day like you're supposed to. What they found out on dad's side is that they're, they're, they believe that there's a short sleep genetic gene. And where you end up feeling groggy, and this happens to me too, is if you try to go back to bed when you wake up at five and you're wide awake, if you go back to bed and you try to sleep a lot of times from that type of sleep, then you wake up and feel groggy, which makes sense to me because this happened to me a lot in high school. So I really believe I probably have this thing called the short sleep gene. I need about five hours of sleep at night. When I wake up, I feel great. I feel refreshed. I don't feel groggy as long as I've really slept uh, for those five hours. So just want to do a follow-up story on this because we've been talking about sleep around here a lot. I do not have that gene. What's that? I, I can't do five. Yeah, but but doesn't that make sense that there, there, there is a genetic marker well, when I can it comes see why to you're worried you about sleep. it. If you've been told for decades that your longevity is going to be cut short and it's yeah. just like having a heart attack, that that would sort of make you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this wrong. What do I got to do? Because I don't, I don't want to have a heart attack. I don't want 10 years shaved off my life. And so you look into it and everybody's telling you one thing when in, in fact it's the opposite thing 
Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's interesting. All right, another story I want to update you on. I, I just put these pictures up on my Facebook page. Go to Don O'Neill. I may have too many friends, so you just have to, to follow, I guess, because I don't have a fan page because I don't believe in fan pages for me. So uh, these pictures are out there. I put up some pictures of, of my son and I uh, this past week. We were ziplining in, I think it was about 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> We were out ziplining. And when you look at these pictures, everyone's like, where are you, in Mexico? Are you in Fiji? Uh, I know where you're at. You're in Astoria, Oregon. Everyone's guessing. And no, we were in Redmond, Washington. Hmm. In Redmond, Washington, there is a little treehouse over there in something called the Emerald Forest. And my new friend Scott runs the Emerald Forest. And he's actually a real estate developer. And what he did a number of years ago, he bought this house... Uh, it, it, it's kind of Redmond-ish as you kind of head out towards Carnation, Granite Falls, kind of in that area. He bought this house, and in the back of this house, over this swamp that these beavers have created, there's about 30 acres that's unbuildable. But it's so beautiful. And so what he decided to do a number of years ago is he had gone, and I don't have you ever watched these treehouse shows like on HDTV? I have seen some of those shows. Yeah, there's, there, there, there's a show called The Treehouse the Treehouse Masters, and Scott watches show, and he got in touch with a gentleman by the name of Pete, Pete Nelson, who builds these treehouses all over the world and all over the country. They're incredible treehouses. And he said, Pete, I would be interested in having you come out and build a treehouse. They got to talking. Pete came out in 13, it was three weeks, and he brought a television crew with him from Treehouse Masters, and they ended up building this treehouse, and it is a tricked-out treehouse. Everything is on Siri, and and uh, and you can give this treehouse. And I don't want to give too much away here because I want you to experience it. But you can just talk to this treehouse, and it will do whatever you tell it to do, including there's a slide projector that will come out. There's a basket when you tell it will bring you a breakfast in the morning. There's a hot tub there, and then there's this zip line. And I don't want to say too much about this. But he's like, hey, do you want to go see the surprise over in the forest? And my son's like, I want to go see the surprise. And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go see the surprise. When's the surprise? So we were supposed to meet him at a specific time. uh, And we got into these zip lines. And my son was a little bit hesitant about going over. So was I. But we found some black belt courage. We went to the other side. And what they've done with these 30 acres, and I think I can say this, is they have created an outdoor amphitheater in the forest with a concession stand and everything else. They have teepees out there, things that you can sleep in if you want to sleep out in the forest. It's all lit up. And then after you've watched the movie, and and we were up in these trees on nets watching Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. It's incredible. At the end of it, he comes back. He reappears. There's a surprise that happens in the forest. I can't tell you what the surprise is. You were attacked by Robin Hood. I cannot tell you what the surprise is. In a million years, you won't guess the surprise. But it's a life-changing kind of surprise. It really, really is. And, and that's why I, I, I don't want to give it up. To, to go out there, I think it's about $500 a, a night. Um, and it's worth every penny, you guys. So anyway, I just want to encourage you. Go out to my Facebook page, Don O'Neill. There you will see the Emerald Forest. Go see Scott. Uh, and for the movie, they can, they can send about you and 10 of your friends over there. And then if they want to sleep, some could sleep in the forest. And I think the, the tree house, uh, sleeps four. So anyway, to wake up the other morning, we had our morning meeting. I was live from the tree house, had my cup of coffee. You had a tree house robe on. 
What's that? You had a robe. I did. I you never wear robes. Yeah. So so any, any, anyway, the reason that we're doing this is, is, and I shared this on a previous episode, we sat in the house, uh, like all of you did during COVID, and we just started writing things down. And we said, when we get out of here, if we have our health, if we make it out of this, we're going to go start living our lives like Tim McGraw saying about, we're going to live like we were dying or like my grandpa talked about, we're going to live our life with our pockets ripped out. So that's really what summer 2021 uh, is for us. And uh, I'm so thrilled and happy that we went to do it because there's an old version of me that would find reasons not to do it. And I have lots of reasons not to do it. And I got to find more reasons to do it. So what, what, what's the coolest thing, Ron, that you've ever done where maybe you're hesitant to do it, didn't think you had the time. And then when you did it, you just went, this is life changing. Why did I wait so long? Uh, why didn't I do this before? Uh, I mean, travel for me was one, but I, I surfed down a volcano in Nicaragua and I almost turned back halfway up. Uh, I wasn't feeling 100%. You surfed? It's on a little toboggan thing. It was oh. crazy. Um, in fact, a German woman a few hundred yards away from me got injured. But that's another story for another day. But yeah, it was like I, I wasn't feeling it. Uh, I was not just sort of like, eh. And I just about turned around. I was like, you know what? Came all the way here. I'm halfway up a volcano. I'm probably never going to get to do this again. And so I went up and uh, ended up really, it was very, very thrilling. Uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, check out Treehouse Masters. That's the show that, that Scott's Treehouse is on. Uh, you can also check out Pete Nelson. Uh, he has a whole Treehouse book that's out. If you're interested in building a Treehouse, they show you in the book the different types of Treehouses that he's built, and then he shares the secrets on how uh, you could build a Treehouse in your own backyard too. So, And if you go out and see Scott, uh, Scott, there's the Midwest of me. If you go out and see Scott, uh, let him know uh, that Don and Gunner uh, sent you okay and our thanks to Manet Frazier for telling us about the treehouse so it is spectacular hey time to get out of here he's Ron I'm Don thanks for giving us great lives thanks for listening to the podcast thank you for hitting subscribe thank you for giving us a five-star rating thank you for understanding that our business in real estate is a business where well people got to talk about you they got to refer you and to refer you they got to trust you and we are blown away at the amount of business that we're doing with the Ron and Don Nation this year. And we thank you for that. If you need us buying, selling, you're thinking about investing, or you just need some help, just reach out to Ron, ron at windermere.com, and we can arrange a Ron and Don sit down today. Keep your head up, keep your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 281. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.